This is Annie Stevens Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. This is the Holy Eucharist, Rite 2, for October 8th, 2023.
Good morning. Welcome. Welcome, Welcome to Church of the Redeemer. Uh, it is such a joy and such a privilege to have the opportunity to come together with you and worship together. I'm so grateful to see you. I want to say a special welcome to those of you who are joining us for the first time or for the first time in a long time. It is a special joy to have you with us. And I just want to say hello and good morning to those who are joining us online. Thank you for making this a part of your day. We're so grateful that you are here with us and that you are worshiping with us. If you'd like to get to know our church better, you can go to our website, redeemer-cincy.org. That's redeemer-cincy with a y.org. You can click on the About tab there, learn more about us, and then contact us so we can learn more about you and welcome you to this beloved community. Friends, I just have a few brief announcements before we begin our worship together. Uh, first of all, I would just like to remind you that immediately after this service, you have a couple of opportunities to stay here and connect, get connected and get to know people. Immediately after this service in the parlor, we will be continuing our adult education series Inside the Episcopal Mind, a class for the curious. Today we will be discussing the Bible in the life of the church, and your teacher will be me. So that either makes you want to come more or less. It's up to you. But I will be there uh, I will be there as soon as the service is over in the parlor. Um, if you don't see me outside greeting people, it's because I'll be in the parlor. Um, if you'd like to say hello, come and join us for that. If you are not interested in self-improvement during the 10 o'clock hour, just hang out in the, in, the, in the great hall for some coffee and some connection. That was, that's a sneaky way of also self-improving, getting to know some of the wonderful people of this community. Uh, you can just hang out and be together in the, in the great hall for some coffee and some treats. So those are some options to keep you here uh, in the next hour. We also want to remind you that, all of, that we have things going on at 10 o'clock for all ages. All our children, all our teens are encouraged to go to our 10 o'clock education hour. There's an offering for each of our grade level groupings from toddlers to teens. So please, if you're here uh, and you're a part of this place, there's something for you at the next hour. As you may already know, um, hopefully you do, we have begun, begun our 2024 annual giving fund campaign, Nourished by Love. Last week in this space, I pulled up my phone and used my app to make a pledge. I can't do it again because I'm not going to pledge twice. But I want you to know that e pledging is a very simple task. Um, but, and if you have any questions about how to do it, please do let me know. But more importantly, I would like you to remember that the gift that you make to this church, the commitment you make to this church, is about your relationship with God, and it is about helping to facilitate the blessing of this community and how this community blesses others. Your commitment makes a difference in the life of this place. If you are not sure about making a financial commitment to the church, or you're not sure how much you short, or what that looks like, or if talking about money in the church makes you uncomfortable, and you're like, why are we even talking about this? I, I encourage you to seek me out. I would love to have that conversation with you, a confidential conversation, of course. And I want to remind you that your giving to this church, or your not giving to this church, is not the, the thing that defines your belonging to God or your belonging to this community. You're here, you belong, God loves you, and so do we. Um, and your gift, should you choose to make it, is a response to that belonging, not the way to make it happen. So please remember that and know that uh, you are blessed and we're grateful for you and uh, would love for you to help contribute to the life of this church in the coming year. Uh, at this time, I would like to invite all preschool to elementary school age children to join us in the chapel for Donuts and Jesus, an age-appropriate interactive worship for children. Mr. Tim's in the back. There's already some kids right there. Uh, the Donuts and Jesus are all in the chapel all ready to go. Well, and you can uh, join us. Uh, they'll be back to join us uh, in time for communion. These are all the announcements I want to make this morning. I'm so grateful for you all. I invite you all to please stand as you are able so we can begin our worship together.
Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.
for what the Lord Jesus Christ says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you're always more ready to hear than we to pray and to give more than we des either desire or deserve. Pour upon us the abundance of your mercy, forgiving us those things of which our conscience is afraid and giving us those good things for which we are not worthy to ask except through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. Let me sing for my beloved my love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it and cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it and hewed out a wine vat in it. He expected it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. And now inhabitants of Jerusalem and people of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I have not done in it? When I expected it to yield grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? And now I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. 
I will remove its hedge, and it shall be devoured. I will break down its wall, and it shall be trampled down. I will make it a waste. It shall not be pruned or hoed, and it shall be overcome with briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it, for the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the people of Judah are his pleasant planting. He expected justice, but he saw bloodshed, righteousness, but heard a cry. The word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. I am not Dr. Scott. Um, I am Greg Miller, the assistant choir master here at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer. Um, and I just wanted to give you a couple guidelines about our uh, psalm singing this morning. Uh, you will read, you will sing the even verses. They are in bold in your program. A reminder that at the tick marks is when we change measures in the psalm. And if you see a bracket over a word or a group of words, that means they are all sung on the same note. You all are pros at this right now, but uh, just wanted to give a couple reminders. So thank you so much for your strong and ardent psalm singing thus far. We appreciate it. reading from Philippians. If anyone else has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, 
a persecutor of the church. As to righteousness under the law, blameless. Yet whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as lost because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as lost because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death, if somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already retained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Jesus said, listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the harvest time had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his slaves and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other slaves, more than the first, and they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him 
and get his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Now, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, he will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the harvest time. Jesus said to them, have you never read in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces the fruits of the kingdom. The one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they realized that he was speaking about them. They wanted to arrest him, but they feared the crowds because they regarded him as a prophet. The Gospel of our Lord. Open our minds, warm our hearts, but also bend our wills, for we seek to hear your word. Amen. This time of year when the air turns cool and the leaves start to turn colors, I think a lot about the fall of the school year and new school years beginning. And especially this week, I was thinking about the fall of my freshman year of college. I was in a new town with new friends and I traded my parents and sisters for a new roommate. We'd actually known one another from math class at our high school in St. Louis. But we hadn't spent that much time together outside of study hall and an occasional Friday night football game. I remember our time together well, though, and I remember that I didn't sleep much that first semester. I wish I could say it was because I was out partying all night, but you guys know me. It wasn't for that. I didn't sleep much that first semester of college because my roommate at the time, she had to sleep with the television on all night long. From the time we tucked in until the sun rose early in the morning, 
the news and the reality TV shows were blaring throughout the night. I didn't sleep. You see, I'd grown up on a quiet street in a little Greek neighborhood in the suburbs. And when I fell asleep each night, it was quiet and peaceful. But where she fell asleep each night of her life and childhood, she heard loud music and city buses and the sounds of sirens going up and down the road at all hours of the night. So for her, the sound of the television was a comfort. We got to know each other over those first few months and spent more time together going back and forth from school to home. And I remember driving us home that first, um, that first time in October and she asked me to drop her off right here. Just, just drop me here. Several blocks from where she actually lived later telling me that she just didn't want to be responsible for my safety in her part of the neighborhood. In our own little dorm room, we created a space together that felt safe for her, with the TV on, and I didn't sleep. There was a lot of understanding that didn't happen in those first few months, and it wasn't until much later that we got close enough for her to tell me the story of how she had to hold her big brother as he died from being shot by another kid in their neighborhood as they walked home from school. All of the noise and chaos and violence of the television felt like nothing compared to that. And I think about her a lot this week and this day because today's gospel lesson is about that kind of violence. These three delegations sent by the landowner, ascending in rank, and metaphorically for us readers, the prophets of Israel. Three delegations sent and three rejections given in ascending in their degree of violence. First, a rejection, then a beating, then a stoning, and finally a death. And I found myself reading the gospel for this week, thinking, why is God so absent? God just sets it up and walks away to another country, another land. Maintaining a sufficient distance as to enable us to determine our own fruitfulness or maybe more likely our own mistakes. It's hard to read this complex parable of our gospel lesson this morning and not ask ourselves, are you talking to me, God? Am I the wicked tenant? that is spoken of in the Gospels? 
who has betrayed your trust and hoarded what is rightfully yours and failed to share and steward what has been given to me only by your gracious will. We see in the lesson that it took the Pharisees and chief priests more than a minute to figure out that Jesus was speaking to them directly. That Jesus was saying to them, you are the wicked tenants. It's important for us in this complex reading of the gospel that we recognize that Jesus is not speaking here to the whole of Israel as a people. Jesus is not speaking in this parable to the poor or the disenfranchised or the orphans or widows or cast out and downtrodden. Jesus is speaking here to the so-called religious elite that are quick to pass judgment on the tenets of the parable before realizing that there is so much of themselves present in them too. I want you to look back at the reading with me for a moment. Jesus tells them the story, the parable, and then he asks them, what do you think God is going to do to those wicked tenants? And they answer Jesus, he will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the harvest time. Let that sit with you for just a moment. Their answer is one of vengeance. He will put those wretches to a miserable death. But Jesus does not confirm their answer. Instead, he says to them, have you never read the scriptures? The little question mark down there by eyes, it should go up here by, have you never read the scriptures? Have you never read the scriptures? The stone that the builders have rejected has become the chief cornerstone. And we, by the blessing of perspective, know that Jesus himself is that chief cornerstone. Jesus is the stone that the builders rejected. And what does Jesus do in his life when he experiences the ultimate violence of crucifixion on the cross? Jesus says, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. God's way is not a way of retribution. God's way, Jesus tells them, is the way of restoration and resurrection. 
In his revelatory words, Jesus tells them, if you choose to be about violence and destruction and death, if you would rather see those wicked tenants destroyed rather than restored, then that is the kind of world you will build. For the measure you give is the measure you get back. Jesus tells the Pharisees quite plainly today that that is not God's desire. That God does not desire to put those wretched and mis- those wretches to a miserable death, but rather that they might turn away from violence and live. Jesus gives us a word of hope in the gospel today. He says that the kingdom of heaven belongs to and is indeed experienced every day by those who work with God to create the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit. They are named by the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Ephesians as love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Notice, vengeance and retaliation are not listed here. The kingdom of God, Jesus says, will be given to those who are about these things, who produce these kinds of fruits, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The Pharisees' answer is their projection of their human idea of justice onto God while Jesus stands in front of them proclaiming that God's justice is not the same as their justice, that God's ways are ways of righteousness and truth. This stone that the builders rejected, that has become the chief cornerstone, the life of Jesus Christ, this love and forgiveness and peace, The reality of that, the reality of their own wickedness, that is what crushes them. And it crushes us. It breaks us open. It breaks our own hearts. The reality of Jesus as the cornerstone breaks us open. How many times have we stumbled over love? How often has the presence of mercy crushed us and broke us open? How many times have we said, just give them what's coming to them instead of choosing a way of peace? I am blessed that I got to see this kind of love in my roommate. When she told me quite plainly that amidst the chaos of our blaring television in that little dorm room, she felt safe. 
because with the noise and the chaos, she had the chance to be in that space of home and pray every night for that boy who shot her brother. Not wishing for him death or a horrible life, but wishing for him life and peace and joy and love. Because in her words, God's justice is restorative and not punitive. The way of life, the way of Jesus, is a way of forgiveness. We are given the gospel in the person of Jesus Christ, in his life, in his death, and in his resurrection. And Jesus speaks to us through people in our lives today. I wonder what the gospel looks like coming from you, from your witness. I wonder what good news looks like in our communities, in thought and word and deed. Every Sunday we read this long list of places in our country that have experienced mass shootings, gun violence. And we see ourselves as the wicked tenants. Know also that the parable today gives us countless opportunities to begin again to choose paths of life and peace, even in the midst of chaos and turmoil. We all can see it unfolding on our televisions today. This morning at 5.42, I sat at my kitchen counter in my flannel jammies and I watched the Episcopal worship service of St. George's Cathedral in the holy city of Jerusalem. My friend Hossam serves as the bishop there, and I was looking for a good word of health and peace. And I found one. Because while the preacher said nothing about the specific chaos and violence all around them, he chose to speak of this reading today of the vineyard, of the walls of their vineyard, where bombs are flying through the air and people are dying of violent deaths, and asking his people to choose, to choose life and love and goodness and faithfulness, choose the fruits of the Spirit and not vengeance or retaliation, even in the midst of such chaos, to choose love to show kindness to strangers and to show the world that God's way is a way that leads to light and life. I'm asking you all today in prayerful union with our siblings experiencing violence and danger in our own land here in our own cities and in faraway places, that you join me in a prayer for peace among the nations.
Let us pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, guide the nations of this world into the ways of justice and truth, and establish among them that peace which is the fruit of righteousness, that they may become the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us say together the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. all our hearts and minds, let us pray to God, responding, God of love, hear our prayer. We pray that your love will find a way to heal our wounded world and guide our nation and leaders to a path of justice and peace. Help us to know Jesus and grow in love. United in relationships of holy connection and communion, we share a heart with those who feel separated or cast out for any reason. Help us to reach out in love. We pray for this beloved community and the spirit growing with all people. Help us make it safe for all who live with integrity and for all who live in peace. 
inspiring us through our church, through scripture, through the word made flesh in Jesus, and through the sacraments. Help us to deepen our relationship with you. We pray for the people and places that long for relief from suffering. Betsy Berry, John and Donna Morvito, Brian Patel, Paul Rogers, Nathan Schwarzengruber, Lynn Zajac, and Presiding Bishop Michael Curry. For those who are struggling with mental health concerns, for those around the world affected by disasters, especially the victims of earthquake in Afghanistan, for those around the world affected by war and conflict, especially the people of Israel, Palestine, Ukraine, and Sudan. For the victims of the mass shooting throughout the week, this past week, in Dallas, Texas, Washington, D.C., Lake Charles, Louisiana, St. Pedro, California, Laredo, Texas, Jersey City, New Jersey, Houston, Texas, Omaha, Nebraska, Chicago, Illinois, Toledo, Ohio, Lexington, Kentucky, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Baltimore, Maryland, Los Angeles, California, and those we name now silently or aloud. God remind us that we are not alone. We give thanks for all the moments of grace that sustain us for those we now name silently or aloud. Your love and grace abound. Give us eyes to see your goodness in the world around us. We pray for those who have died, for those we name now silently or aloud. Comfort those who grieve. God of love, send us into the world rooted and grounded in love and serve all people with humility, compassion, and faithfulness. Almighty God, by your Holy Spirit, you have made us one with your saints in heaven and on earth. Grant that in our earthly pilgrimage, we may always be supported by this fellowship of love and prayer and know ourselves to be surrounded by their witness to your power and mercy. We ask this for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, in whom all our intercessions are acceptable through the Spirit and who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you.
Almighty God, have mercy on you. Forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness. By the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be always with you. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself as an offering and sacrifice to God.
Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give God thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on the first day of the week overcame death in the grave, by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven to forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Gracious Father, in your infinite love, you made us for yourself. And when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you in your mercy sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him. Sanctify us also that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, 
and the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts with faith and thanksgiving.
Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love you, serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. And now may the blessing of God, creator, redeemer, and sanctifier be upon you and remain with you all the days of your life. Amen. Amen.
Now let us go forth in the name of Christ. Thanks be to God. Thank you.